Verily the praise belongs to Allah. We praise Him, seek His assistance and forgiveness. And we seek refuge in Allah from the evil of ourselves and the evil consequences of our deeds. Whoever Allah guides, there is no one that can lead him astray. And whoever Allah leads astray, there is no one that can guide him. I bear witness that nothing deserves to be worshipped except Allah alone, and that He has no partners or associates. And I bear witness that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is his slave servant and his messenger. I'd like to begin this evening in this, the third lecture in our series of lectures from the book of Al-Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab ibn Sulaiman al-Tamimi al-Najdi rahimahullah entitled Al-Usul al-Sitta Al-Usul al-Sitta or the Six Fundamentals. The author Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab begins the book as we have mentioned previously in the first two lectures by mentioning the name of Allah, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. And he said that, of the most amazing matters, and the greatest signs, Akbar al Ayat, the greatest signs which indicate the power of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, al Malik al Ghalab, are these six fundamentals. Yani of the greatest signs are Sittatu Usul, six fundamentals which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made crystal clear for the awam, the common people, beyond what anyone might imagine. And then after this clarification of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala of these very important matters or these fundamentals, after this many of the most intelligent people of the world, as al-alam, and the most rational of human beings, Uqala Bani Adam, except all and all but negligible number have erred concerning these six fundamentals. The first of them, as we mentioned, it is related to al-Tawheed and Shirk, the obligation of worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone and the avoiding or the avoidance of falling into a shirk or offering any type of worship to other than Allah. And the second of them, we said it was al-Ijtima' that is coming together working together, uniting with one another, that is the Muslims acting as one body, coming together for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the third of those principles which we will discuss this evening, it is al-sama'a wa ta'a, yani hearing and obeying, hearing those who are in authority over us and obeying them as long as what they have ordered us what they have ordered us with is not in disobedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Al-Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab begins this asl or this fundamental, al-asl al-thalith, the third fundamental, by saying, Inna min tamami al-ijtima'i al-sama'a wa ta'a liman ta'ammara alayna walaw kana abdan habashiyya. And he says that indeed, from the perfection or the completion of ijtima, yani min tamam al ijtima, that which principle which we discussed previously, 
coming together and working together and acting as, a, as part of a brotherhood and as an ummah. He said that from the perfection of that ijtima', that which is also necessary in order for it to be complete and perfect, it is as sam'a wa ta'a. In order for the ijtima', the coming together to be perfect, there has to be hearing and obeying. That is, hearing and obeying those in authority from amongst us. Then he said, this hearing and obeying, it is a necessity. وَلَوْ كَانَ عَبْدًا حَبَشِيًّا Even if the one who has been made in authority over us, even if the one who has been placed as the leader over us, even if he was an Ethiopian slave, even if he was a slave of the lowest status of humanity, he was in slavery, if he had been put in authority over the Muslims, then it is required that they obey him. That means, of course, as will be made clear in the evidences concerning this principle, as of course, if that one who is placed in authority over us is a Muslim, a Mu'min, as long as he is a believer, even if he were a slave, then if he has been placed in authority over us, it is required, it is a necessity that we should obey him. Then Imam Muhammad ibn Abu Wahab says, فَبَيَّنَ اللَّهُ هَذَا بَيَّانًا شَاعِعًا كَافِيًا بِوُجُوهٍ مِنْ أَنْوَاعِ الْبَيَّانِ شَرَعًا وَقَدَرًا Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made clear this matter. بَيَّنَ اللَّهُ هَذَا He made it clear. He made this particular principle clear. How is the clarity? He said, بَيَّانًا شَاعِعًا كَافِيًا يعني a clarification which is widespread or common. يعني something that is made clear and it is spread amongst the people. It is known commonly by all people. وَكَافِيًا And it is sufficient. A clarification that is sufficient to remove or to alleviate uh, any misunderstanding. And he said, likewise, concerning this clarification, that he made it clear, بِوُجُوهٍ by different aspects, min and wa'al bayan of the types of bayan. Yani the types of bayan or clarification, they are, as he has mentioned here, shar'an wa qadaran. There are two types of clarification. That which came in the shar', that is in the sharia, the legislated or the revealed text, meaning the Quran and Sunnah, and that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has decreed in the divine decree, that which he decreed, he willed, and he caused it to be executed that it will happen. Even in that which Allah decreed for the ummah is a clarification of this particular principle of hearing and obeying. Yani, that is, that as long as the Muslims hear and obey those in authority from amongst them, then they will be successful. And if they disobey, if they don't obey those in authority from amongst them, then they would separate and they would lose their unity and they would lose, lose their power and they would be overcome by the enemy. So here, the Shaykh, he said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made this clear, a clarification that is common amongst the people, known to everyone, and it is kafiyan, yani sufficient to remove any misunderstanding, and it is through different aspects, biwujuhin, different aspects of clarification have been made, min and wa'al bayan, of the types of clarification that is shar'an and qadran, that which is in the revealed legislative text and that which is in the divine decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And here, qadran, as some of the scholars of the people of Sunnah explained that al-qadr al-qadha, concerning this matter that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when he willed something to happen, it has, there are two types of will. There is his will, his shari will, that which he legislates, which he declares to be lawful or unlawful, and there is and there's also his universal will. That is, his khawni, yani irada khawniya, 
when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wills something, even if it is of those things that he doesn't love, but when he wills it, it has to happen. And this is what is understood from the saying of the scholars, مَا شَاءَ اللَّهُ كَانَ وَمَا لَمْ يَشَاءَ لَمْ يَكُنْ And that whatever Allah wills, it will be. And whatever he doesn't will, it will never be. This means the irada qawniya, the universal will, as opposed to the irada shara'iya, the legal will or the legislative will, which means that which Allah wills, meaning that which he loves and he legislated for the people to do, and the people might obey or they might disobey that which Allah has legislated in the law. However, the universal will, al-irad al-qawniya, nobody can oppose it. When Allah wills that, it will be. And it may be of that which he loves or that which he doesn't love, while al-irad al-shari'iya, the legal will or legislative will, is only of that which Allah loves. So here what he is talking about, qadran, he means in the al-irad al-qawniya, the universal will that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has decreed something to be and it has to happen and it did happen. And if we look at what happened in the history of the Muslim community from the time of the Prophet until our time, we will see that in that time when the people were obeying the laws of Allah and obeying those in authority from amongst them and they were united together, then they were able to overcome the other nations and when they separated and disobeyed those in authority from amongst them, then they became the losers. Finally, he closes by saying, Thumma, Sara, هَذَا الْعَطُلْ لَا يُعْرَفُ إِنَّ أَكْثَرِ مَنْ يَدْعِي الْعِلْمَ فَكَيْفَ الْعَمَلُ بِهِ ثُمَّ صَارَ الْعَطُلْ ثُمَّ صَارَ هَذَا الْعَطُلْ Then the situation reached the point where هذا العطل, this principle لا يعرف عند أكثر من يدعي العلم It is unknown, it became unknown It was something unknown amongst those who claimed knowledge amongst the so-called scholars. Yani this principle became something that was unknown even amongst those who claim to have knowledge, even amongst those who claim to be scholars. It reached that point that this matter, while it was something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made crystal clear, it became something that was unknown even to the so-called people of knowledge, those who claim to have knowledge. And if it is so that it became unknown even to the so-called people of knowledge, then he says, closing, فَكَيْفَ الْعَمَلُ بِهِ Then how is it, how can it be expected that it would be acted upon? How is it expected that anyone would act in accordance with this principle? How can they act in accordance with it when it became unknown even to those who يَدْعِي الْعِلْمِ who claim to have knowledge. Uh, after this, Sheikh Muhammad ibn Salih al-Uthaymeen rahimahullah rahmatan wasi'ah he makes an explanation of this aql, of this principle by beginning with the first words of the text of this principle the saying of Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab that inna min tamama al-ijtima'a al-sama wa ta'a that from the perfection of the completion of coming together of unity and community in cooperation with one another that which completes it and perfects it, it is hearing and obeying to the end of what he says. Okay, he says that the Shaykh has mentioned this statement that the completion or the perfection coming together it is in hearing and obeying those who have been placed in authority by fulfilling or obeying that which they have commanded us with and avoiding or leaving that which they have prohibited us from even if the one who has been placed in authority over us 
was an Ethiopian slave. Yani it means that hearing and obeying the one in authority is in every situation. No matter what is the condition of that person, if he has been placed in authority, he must be obeyed, except in that which is in disobedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Nasir Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa Then he quotes the saying of the author. Then Allah made this matter clear with a clarity that was widespread, common to the, all of the people, and it was sufficient to remove any misunderstanding to the end of what he said. And then he explains this particular point, how he has made it clear. He says, as for Amma Bayanu Sharahan, yani the two types of Bayan and Wa'al Bayan, he says that one of them is in the Sharia, and one of them is the Qadr. And one of them is what Allah has legislated. One of the clarifications, the main or the basic types of clarification is that which came in the revealed, legislated or legal text, meaning the Quran and Sunnah. And the second of them is that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has decreed to take place, to happen, to befall the Ummah. When they were in obedience, they were successful, and when they were in disobedience, they were losers. He says, as for the first type of bayan, that is, bayanuhu shara'an, the clarification of this principle in the sharia, ففي كتاب الله تعالى وسنة رسوله صلى الله عليه وسلم. يعني this one, the first type of clarification, shara'an, it is contained in the book of Allah, as well as in the sunnah of his messenger Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم. Then he says, فَمِنْ بَيَانِهِ فِي كِتَابِ اللَّهِ تَعَالَى قَوْلُ اللَّهِ تَعَالَى يعني From that which, of those things that he has made clear from the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala concerning this principle, is the saying of Allah the Most High, in Surah An-Nisa chapter 4, verse 59, يَا يُحَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا أَطِيعُ اللَّهِ وَأَطِيعُ الرَّسُولِ وَأُولِ الْأَمْرِ مِنْكُمْ Here in this ayat, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addressed the believers, يَا يُحَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا and this is addressed to those who have iman, to those who claim that they believe in Allah. Therefore, it necessitates, in fact, if they are described with this description of al-iman, that they must then obey what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has ordered them with. Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu, Allah wa atiyu rasul wa ulil amrimintu. Obey Allah and obey the messenger and those in authority from amongst you. Here, we have been given in this ayat an order of obedience of authority, that is obedience to Allah and obedience to his messenger Muhammad sallallahu and as well obedience to those in authority from amongst you. However, as the scholars of Tafsir have made clear, the obedience to Allah and his messenger is absolute, while the obedience to those in authority is subject to their being in accordance with the law of Allah, yani with the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that has come in the Quran or in the Sunnah. And the proof of this is that in this ayat Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses the verb for the command form, Allah, two times, Allah wa Rasul, obey Allah and obey the messenger. However, he doesn't say Atiyah, he doesn't use the command form of the verb of obedience for those in authority from amongst you. However, they are connected by a conjunction, by Wa al Atif, which means they are also included and also obey those in authority from amongst you. However, their obedience is different. It is not like the obedience to Allah and His Messenger, which is absolute, it is different, it is subject to those in authority from amongst you being in accordance with what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has ordered us with as Messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And the proof of this is in the remaining part of the ayah, فَإِنْتَنَا زَعَتْهُمْ فِي شَيْءٍ فَرُضُوا إِلَى اللَّهِ وَرَسُولُ That if you differ in any matter, then refer to Allah and His Messenger. If you differ about any matter, if they have ordered us with anything and there is a difference between us, 
Then فَرَدْتُهُ إِلَى اللَّهِ وَرَسُولُ Then refer it back to Allah and His Messenger, meaning refer it back to the Qur'an and after the death of the Prophet refer it to his Sunnah. The second proof that he gives is the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Anfal chapter 8 verse 46 وَأَسِيُوا اللَّهِ وَرَسُولَهُ and obey Allah and obey the Messenger. Obey Allah and obey the Messenger. وَلَا تَنَازَعُوا فَتَفْشَلُوا وَتَذْهَبَ رِيحُكُمْ وَاصْبِرُوا إِنَّ اللَّهَ مَا الصَّابِرِينَ And also, after obedience to Allah and His Messenger, He said, He prohibited us. وَلَا تَنَازَعُوا Don't dispute with one another. فَتَفْشَلُوا Then you lose courage. وَتَذْهَبَ رِيحُكُمْ And your strength will depart from you. وَاصْبِرُوا But be patient. Be patient. إِنَّ اللَّهَ مَا الصَّابِرِينَ Verily Allah is with the patient. And finally He mentions from the Book of Allah, the Quran, the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in Surah Al-Imran, chapter 3, verse 103, وَعَصَفِنُوا بِحَبْلِ اللَّهِ جَمِيعًا وَلَا تَفَرَّقُوا وَعَصَفِنُوا بِحَبْلِ اللَّهِ جَمِيعًا And hold fast, stick to the rope of Allah, بِحَبْلِ اللَّهِ جَمِيعًا All together, hold fast to the rope of Allah, that is Al-Islam, or the Quran, or the Sunnah, or the Sharia, as various scholars of Tafsir have explained it, all of these meanings, being compatible, there's no contradiction between them. All fast to the rope of Allah, all together, yani with one another. And perhaps also we can understand yani from this ayah, that this holding fast to the rope of Allah all together, there's also an indication in it that our unity and our togetherness should be based on the truth, it should be based on Islam, on the Quran and the Sunnah, and that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has revealed. وَلَا تَفَرَّقُوا And do not separate from one another. As long as we are in obedience to those in authority from amongst us, as long as we are exhibiting or observing that which our Iman requires of us, and we are acting in accordance with what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has ordered us with, and we obey those in authority from amongst us, then it will keep us in unity. But when we fall into disobedience, there is an indication here that it is the cause of separation. Then the Shaykh says, وَمِنْ بَيَانِهِ فِي سُنَّةِ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهِ وَسَلَّمْ That from the clarification of this principle that came in the Sunnah of the Messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم is that which has been confirmed in As-Sahihain in Al-Bukhari and Muslim from the Hadith of Ubadah ibn Qamid رضي الله عنه قال عنه قال that Ubadah ibn Qamid رضي الله عنه he said بَايَعْنَا رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ عَلَى السَّمْعِ وَالْقَاعَةِ That we have given allegiance to the Messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم that we will hear and obey عَلَى السَّمْعِ وَالْقَاعَةِ We have given allegiance, the bay'ah, to the Messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم that we will hear and we will obey فِمَنْ شَطِنَا وَمَسْرَحِنَا In that which is pleasant to us and that which is unpleasant to us and in not only that which is pleasing to us, but also that which is displeasing to us, we are hearing and obeying. وَعُسْرِنَا وَيُسْرِنَا In that which is difficult for us, and that which is easy for us. Not only in that which is easy, but also in that which is difficult, we are hearing and obeying. وَأَثَرَةٍ عَلَيْنَا And here in some of the hadith, the expression is more clear. وَأَثَرَةٍ عَلَيْنَا It means that even in that situation where those who are in authority amongst us give preference to themselves over us. Yani, they require of us that which they have a right to, but they don't give us our rights. 
they give preference to themselves over the people. Even in that situation where the ruler demands his right but doesn't give you your right, the Prophet also said that there's hearing and obeying, even in that situation where he has given preference to himself over you. And we should not contest the authority of the one who has been given authority. We should not contest the authority of the one who has been given to you. Then he said, except in the case where you see kufr bawah, that is clear kufr, that about which there is no doubt, that about which there is agreement, there is ijma that this is kufr. Not that matter, which some of the scholars might have said it is kufr and others different. There is difference of opinion about it. But it's clear kufr, as he said, Kufr bawahan, clear kufr, عندكم من Allah, and you have something from Allah concerning that matter fihi, burhanan. You have a clear proof. You have a clear proof concerning this kufr from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that it is indeed kufr. Likewise, the saying of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, which is also reported in Bukhari and Muslim, من رأى من أميره شيئاً فليصفير. But whoever sees something from his ruler, from his leader, from the one who is in authority from amongst him, then he must be patient. Whoever sees something, and in his behavior, in his actions, in the way that he is ruling, that is undesirable, that is unacceptable. Whoever sees something in the ruler, فليصفير. Then be patient. Meaning, you still must hear and obey. فليصفير. Then be patient. فإنه من فارق الجماعة شبرا فمات فميتته جاهليا. Because whoever فارق الجماعة separates from the group, from the community, whoever disobeys the ruler and separates from the people, then that person, if he dies in that condition, then he would die the death of jahiliyyah. Yani the death of the, the death of the people in jahiliyyah. Yani some of the scholars said, and there are many different opinions, but the two basic opinions is that that he would die in the condition of jahiliyyah means the condition of the people in jahiliyyah before Islam, when there was no authority as there is in Islam. And some said, Maytatuhu, yani jahiliyyah means it is as though he died uh, before Islam, yani in the condition of kufr. Also, the saying of the Prophet وسلم, which has been reported in the Sahih of Muslim, he said, "Man khala'a yadan min al-ta'ati, laqi Allah yawm al-qiyama la hujjata lahu." Man khala'a yadan min al-ta'ati, whoever holds back his hand from obedience, from obedience to the one who is in authority, laqi Allah yawm al-qiyama. He will meet Allah on the day of resurrection. He will not have any proof. He will meet Allah on the day of resurrection and he will not have any proof to justify his disobedience or holding back from obedience to the ones in authority. He will stand before Allah without any answer for what he has done. Likewise, that which has been reported in Bukhari from the Prophet Isma'u wa Afi'u wa in ummira alaykum abdan habashiyya. Yani Isma'u here. And obey. Even if the one who is placed in authority over you is a Ethiopian and Ethiopian slave, still you must hear and obey. And this is the hadith from which 
uh, and the Shaykh has taken this point when he said that you must hear and obey. And earlier in the beginning of the shark, he said you must hear and obey, even if the one who is placed in authority over you is an Ethiopian slave. The Prophet وسلم, is making clear here that no matter what is the social status or otherwise, the condition of the one who is placed in authority from amongst the Muslims over some of the Muslims, that one has to be obeyed in any case. Likewise, the saying of the Prophet وسلم, in that hadith which is reported by both Al Bukhari and Muslim, he said, Al Mar'i. المسلمي السمع وطاعة فيما أحب وكرهه that it is obligatory upon the Muslim person the one who is a true Muslim it is obligatory upon him السمع وطاعة hearing and obeying فيما أحب وكرهه in that which he loves as well as in that which he detests إلا أن يؤمر بمعصية except if he is ordered with that which is sinful any disobedience, something which is an act of disobedience to Allah, to the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Except in that case, فَإِذَا أُمِرَ بِمَعْصِيَةٍ فَلَا سَمْعَ وَلَا طَاعَةَ. In that case, the Prophet sallallahu said, if you are ordered, if one is ordered with ma'asiyah to disobey Allah subhanahu wa taala, to violate the law of Allah subhanahu wa taala, if the ruler ordered you to do that which is in disobedience to Allah, فَلَا سَمْعَ وَلَا طَاعَةَ. Then there is absolutely no hearing, no obeying. And you don't listen to him, nor do you obey him. This hadith, as I said, is also reported by Al-Fatihah Muslim. And the last hadith that the Shaykh mentioned here concerning the proofs of the clarification from the Sharia, or the types of bayan, which the first of them is Shara'an. The last of those proofs that he mentioned from the Sunnah, it is the hadith which is reported in the Sahih of Muslim on the authority of Abdullah ibn Umar or perhaps it seems as though as I have found the hadith unless there is another narration similar to this it is actually from Abdullah ibn Amr ibn al-As radiallahu anhuma may Allah be pleased with him and his father he said that we were with the Prophet sallallahu in a journey and we stopped over at a place and then the caller of the messenger of Allah called out to the people saying as-salatu jami'atan and he come to the Salat in congregation and he to collect the people. Then we collected or we gathered amongst, we gathered around the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Wasallam and he said, إِنَّهُ مَا مِن نَبِيٍّ بَعَثَهُ اللَّهِ إِلَّا كَانَ حَقًّا عَلَيْهِ أَنْ يَدُلَّ أُمَّتَهُ عَلَى خَيْرِ مَا يَعْلَمُهُ لَهُمْ That there was no Prophet whom Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala has sent omission except that it was obligatory on him to guide his ummah, to guide his people to that which he knew was best for them. It was obligatory on him to do so. And he should warn them against whatever he knows is evil for them. And verily this ummah of yours, yani the ummah of Muhammad wasallam. It's afia, or it's well-being, or it's best, good condition, where it would be free from harm and ill and evilness. He said it was, it's afia was placed in the beginning of it. Yani in the early generation, they, they were the people who were protected from harm. Yani meaning from deviation or sickness in the corruption of the deen. They were protected from this. He said it was placed in the beginning of the ummah, in the first generations of it. 
But the end of the ummah, yani the later generation, will be afflicted with bala'un, with trials, and matters that they will disagree with, yani they will dislike or detest. Many things will happen to the later part of the ummah. Then he explains saying, وَتَجِيهُ فِتْنَةٌ يُرَقْتَكُ بَعْدُهَا بَعْدًا A fitna, a trial, or a tribulation, or strife, or division amongst the Muslims. A fitna will come, يُرَقْتَكُ بَعْدُهَا بَعْدًا يعني Some of them, some of these trials will make the others seem less. يعني some will be so severe that the other trials will seem as though they are insignificant. That's how severe some of them will be. A fitna, a trial will come and the believer, he will say, this is my destruction. Yani this trial, this fitna, it will be my destruction. And then fitness will continue to come. He said, a fitna will come and he will say, yani the believer, he will say, hadihi, hadihi. Yani this is the one, this is it, this is the one that will be the destruction. Then the Prophet ﷺ, after informing us of what will happen in the later generations, and that is the time that we are living in, as well as before our time, but especially in this time. The later it is, the worse it is. Then after informing us that this would happen and this would take place, that we would be afflicted with trials and tribulations, then he gave us advice. فَمَنْ أَحَبَّ whoever loves or likes or hopes that they would be removed far away from the fire and that they would be admitted into the paradise then his death should come to him while he is believing in Allah in the last day and whoever hopes to be removed far away from the fire and to be admitted into the paradise then he should live in such a way that whenever death came to him he would be in a condition of one who is believing in Allah in the last day. Yani he would be in a condition of Iman, believing in Allah and believing in the last day. He should avoid that which negates or nullifies or causes a defect or shortcoming in his Iman. And he should go to the people with that which he loves, that they will, that, that which he loves will come to him. Yani he should deal with the people, or he should act towards the other people in the way that he wants people to deal with him. And he should treat people in a way that he wants it to come to him. The same way he wants to be dealt with, that's the way that he should deal with other people. That is the one who wants to avoid the hellfire and, and to be admitted into the paradise. And finally, the Prophet ﷺ gave us the advice that is really relevant to the topic. وَمَنْ إِمَامًا فَأَعْطَاهُ whoever has given allegiance, whoever has given their allegiance to an imam, to a leader, and he has given him his hand, and he pledging his allegiance, he has pledged his allegiance to him, and he has also given him the essence or the sincerity of his heart, and he has given his allegiance outwardly and inwardly. Yani openly and secretly, sincerely, truthfully, not only on the appearance, but he has really given his allegiance to that Imam, then he should obey him in his taqa'ah, yani as much as he can, yani if he is able, yani to the extent that he is able, 
in everything that he is ordered, according to his ability, he must obey him. فَإِنْ جَاهُ آخَرٌ يُنَازِعُهُ فَضْرِبُوا عُنَقَ الْآخَرِ And if another one comes, يعني another leader, to take allegiance from the people after one has already been given the day'ah, then strike his neck. يعني one who contests the one who has been given allegiance, who has been given authority, and he is the leader of the Muslims, if another one comes and contests his authority, and tries to take allegiance from the people, the Prophet ﷺ ordered, فَضْرِبُوا عُنَقَ الْآخَرِ That you should strike his neck, يعني kill him. Reported by Muslims. وَأَمَّا بَيَانُهُ قَدْرًا As for his clarification of this principle, in the divine decree, in that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has decreed in his universal will that must happen, even if it is what Allah loves or what he does not love, but for his wisdom, the hikmah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, sometimes he decrees something in his universal will, al-irada al-khawniyah, that it is for a reason, perhaps it is known only to Allah, but it is for some benefit, it is only for that which is good, and it is the best, even if it may appear to the human beings as otherwise, it is Allah's will. And what Allah, what Allah wills, it is that which is best. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wills something in His divine decree, then in His universal decree of will, then it must happen. And here the Shaykh is talking about this. He is saying, how has Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made this principle clear in the Qadr, in His divine decree? And He said, it is not unseen or not unknown or not unclear the condition of the Muslim Ummah at the time حين كانت متمسكة بدينها مجتمعة عليه ومعظمة لولاة الأمورها منقادة لهم بالمعروف. He said that it is not unknown. It is not hidden. يعني the condition of الأمة الإسلامية the Muslim Ummah at the time when they were متمسكة بدينها when the Muslim Ummah was holding fast to adhering to sticking to their deen not like today. Where people are not even doing the basic obligation. People are not even performing the prayers. Not even avoiding the major sins. But at that time the people were holding fast to their deen. Mujtami'atan alayhi. They were united upon their deen. United upon the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Mu'azimatan liwulati umuriha. And they were having respect and honoring those who had been given authority over their affairs. They used to honor their leaders. Not like today with some of the Muslims, unfortunately, due to their misunderstanding, they love to point out the weaknesses, the weaknesses and the sins and the faults and the shortcomings of the Muslim leaders and the Muslim rulers. But it used to be that the Muslim rulers were honored and respected. And this is what is expected from the Muslims. And if they fall into an error, or if they deviate or fall short or have some defect in their character, then they should be advised and they should be prayed for because the correction and rectification of the rulers is for the benefit of the ummah as a whole. The Shaykh says, when we were in this condition, when we were in, be- in obedience to our rulers and that which is good, obeying them and that which is ma'roof, كانت لها in that time the Muslim ummah had dominance and supremacy and they had the rule and the upper hand in the earth. At that time the Muslim Ummah had the upper hand and the dominion and the mastery and command and supremacy in the earth. And it was because of the Iman, the belief in Allah and Amal al-Sali and righteous deeds and because of their uniting together as one Ummah and obedience to those in authority from amongst them. This is as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran in Surah Al-Nur, chapter 24, 
verse 55, the promise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala of giving the authority to the Muslims in the earth and giving them authority and the ability to practice their deen after they were not in authority and after they had been persecuted and they were not even able to perform their prayers publicly and after their lives were not secure, he gave them the promise of security and safety after they had been in fear, after they had been in fear, that is for those who believe and who do good deeds. He said, That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the most truthful of those who are truthful, He has promised, and His promise is true. Those who believe come amongst you, and those who do good deeds, those who have iman and amal salih. These are the keys, these are the conditions for the fulfillment of the promise of Allah of authority in the earth and the establishment of the deen and safety and security that the Muslims are not experiencing almost anywhere in the earth today. If we go to the Philippines or we go to India or Afghanistan or Kashmir or Burma or any place in the earth we find that the lives of the Muslims are cheap. There is no safety and security for the Muslims today and it is because we have not fulfilled the conditions for the promise of Allah of authority in the land and safety and security. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make them the successes. Yani that they would come behind those who were in authority and they would be given the authority. The istikhlaf, it means that they would come into authority after those who had been in authority before. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make them the rulers in the earth. They would be the leaders of the people and those who have authority over the affairs of people. Just as you would be brought into authority, just as those before you were given authority, just as those before you were given authority, you would be given authority. And they would also be given the ability or the power, the tamkeen, to practice their deen. The deen which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has chosen for you, the deen which Allah is pleased with, that is Al-Islam. And we will exchange for them. After having been in fear, they will have safety and security. And this, is, this was a description of the condition of the Muslims in the time of the Prophet wasallam, that they didn't have authority and they were not able to practice their deen and they didn't have safety or security and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made them this promise and he fulfilled that promise. And he ended the ayat by saying that he would, after fear, he would exchange it with safety, يَعْبُدُونَنِي لَا يُشْرِكُونَ بِشَيْعَ That you would be worshipping me, or they would be worshipping me and they will not be associating anything as a partner with me or as an, as an equal with me at all in any matter. And perhaps this is also part of the condition of the promise of Allah for those who have iman and amal al-sari that also they must worship Allah and not associate anything with Him. They must make the ibadah purely for Allah alone and avoid shirk. However, from the context of the ayah it seems as though the meaning of it is that He will exchange them from their condition of fear to a condition of safety and security in which they would be worshipping Allah alone without uh, associating anything at all with Him. Also, uh, 
the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala concerning the promise of Allah, of what He has decreed for those who obey Him, who believe in Him, and who do good deeds. Also, the saying of Allah in Surah Al-Hajj, chapter 22, verse 40 and 41. That definitely, by Allah, He will give help and He will give support and he will give victory to those who support his cause. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he promised, and it is in Arabic it is clear that it is a definite statement. That here the lamb it means that Allah will definitely do it, and the wow it is, as some of the scholars said, it is understood that it is a taqdeer, or that which has been deleted, but it is understood, wallahi, wallahi, oath by Allah that he will definitely help those who help him, meaning help his cause, help his being. Indeed, Allah is the one who is qawi, he is strong, he is aziz, he is mighty. Then, in the rest of the ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes, he describes those who he means when he says he will help those who help his cause. Who are those? What are their descriptions or what are the signs of those who help his cause? He said, Alladina. يعني those who Allah made his promise that he will help if they help his cause it is if we give them power in the land if we give them power and authority in the land they will establish the prayer that means that they will establish the prayers in the right way, in, this, in its time, performing it in the right way, the men in jama'ah, in the masjid, and so on. They will establish the prayer, and they will give the zakat. Yani they, will, they will fulfill the obligation of giving that which is an obligation on them, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has legislated, those who have more than they need to give to those who are needy, and they will command the good, and they will forbid the wrong, and they will enjoin that which is ma'roof, and that which is good, considered good, whether in the Sharia, or that which is known to the human being to be good. And they will forbid that which is evil, which has been identified in the Sharia, and that which is known in the nature of the human being to be evil. They will command or enjoin that which is good and forbid the wrong. وَلِلَّهِ عَقِبَةُ الْأُمُورِ And the end of all matters is with Allah. Yani, that is for the rule and the ruling, that they must observe the command of Allah. Indeed, the end of everything is the return to him and he will call us to account. Then the Shaykh says, uh, concerning this matter of how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made clear this principle of hearing and obeying and that hearing and obeying goes in authority is the means to our success and the opposite is the opposite. He said, وَلَمَّا أَحْدَثَتْ الْأُمَّةُ الْإِسْلَامِيَةُ مَا أَحْدَثَتْ يعني when the Muslim Ummah began to do يعني that which they began to do of evil, of corruption, of deviation from the deen when the Muslim Ummah deviated and fell into that which it fell into وَفَرَّقُوا دِينَهُمْ and separated in their deen وَتَمَرَّدُوا عَلَىٰ أَئِمَّتِهِمْ and they rebelled against their leaders وَخَرَجُوا عَلَيْهِمْ وَكَانُوا شِيعًا And they revolted against their leaders and they were divided into sects and parties. 
nudiyat al-mahabatu min qulubi a'da'ihim then the fear and awe was removed from the hearts of the enemies the fear that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put in the hearts of the enemies of the Muslims it was removed at that time when the Muslims engaged in that which they engaged in and they separated in their deen and rebelled against their leaders and divided themselves into sects and parties then Allah removed the awe, the fear, the dread that was in the hearts of their enemies for them وَتَنَازَعُوا then they uh, disputed with one another فَفَشَلُوا and they lost courage or hope وَذَهَبَتْ رِيحَكُمْ and their strength left them and then the nations, yani the nations of disbelievers began to call one another, invite one another to partake of the Muslim Ummah, to take what they wanted from the Muslim Ummah and to do with them as they wanted to do, as it is mentioned in the authentic hadith of the Prophet and they became, that is the Muslim Ummah, became like the waste or the filth or the scum that is on the surface of the waters when they drift into land. They became insignificant and nothing and useless. Then the Shaykh closes with the last point that Ali Muhammad Wahab mentioned in this principle. At that time, when this happened, this asal, this principle of hearing and obeying, it became something that was unknown, even amongst most of those who claimed to be of knowledge, and those who claimed to have fear and concern about the deen of Allah, and they abandoned the application or practice of this principle. Then every individual <coughs> amongst those who were under the authority of the Muslim rulers, every individual, he saw himself as an Amir. Or he saw himself in the place of the Amir who succeeded or separated and resisted the Amir. He saw himself as one who had the ability to separate from the leader and become a leader himself, who rebelled against the leader and opposed him and resisted him. Therefore, the Shaykh says, what is obligatory on us? This is the advice of the Shaykh, Shaykh Muhammad ibn Salihutaymin. He said, فَالْوَاجِبْ عَلَيْنَا جَمِيعًا رُعَاتْ وَرَعِيَةً What is obligatory on all of us? The rulers as well as those who are under their authority. What is obligatory on all of us? Is number one, أَن نَقُومَ بِمَا عَوْجِبَ اللَّهِ عَلَيْنَا That we must fulfill that which Allah has made obligatory on us, on all of us. مِنَ التَّحَابِ that is of having love for one another and cooperation in righteousness and uh, piety and coming together upon al-masali and coming together to achieve those things which are in the interest and for the benefit of the Muslim as a whole that is what is obligatory on us that is the wajib on us that we must come together in love and cooperation uh, on that which is piety and righteousness and to achieve that which is of benefit and in the interest of the Muslim as a whole. In this way, the Shaykh says, in this way we will be of the Faizeen, we will be of those who are the winners, those who are successful. And if we do so, we will be of those who are successful. Likewise, the Shaykh adds to that which is obligatory on us, وَعَلَيْنَا أَنْ نَجْتَمِعَ عَلَى الْحَقِّ That we must come together upon the haqq, upon the truth, upon the Qur'an and the Sunnah, 
as it was understood and practiced and implemented by those who best understood it, the companions of the Prophet sallallahu You must come together on the truth and support and cooperate one another based on the truth. And be sincere, ikhlas in all of our actions. He said that we should join together upon the truth and cooperate with one another based on the truth and be sincere in all of our actions and we should strive for one objective, for one hadith, for the same objective. And what is that objective? It is islah hadhi ummah, the rectification or the correction or the reformation or the improvement of this ummah. That is the objective that we can work together upon in terms of our deen as well as our dunya, rectifying and correcting and reforming the matters of our deen as well as our worldly matters to the extent that this is possible. To the extent that it's possible, we should come together and cooperate with one another and strive and struggle for the same objective. And he said, وَلَنْ يُمْكِنَ ذَلِكَ And this will not be possible. And حَتَّى كَلِمَتُنَا وَنَطْرُكَ المنازعات بيننا والمعارضات التي لا تحقق حدفا بل ربما تفوت مقصودا وتعدم موجودا He said this will never be possible We will never be able to do this rectification of the ummah unless our word becomes united we become agreed in our word and we unite with one another and we leave the منازعات يعني quarreling and controversy and dispute amongst ourselves and mu'aradat, opposition and resistance to one another and those in authority. Until we stop this, we will never be able to fulfill our mission. He said these munazaat and mu'aradat, yani controversies and quarrels and disputing and resistance and objection and opposition to one another, this will never achieve our goal. He said we will never achieve our goal in this way. Rather, perhaps what will happen is that we will lose the objective completely. We will not achieve our objective and not only that, what is worse, we will also lose that which we have already achieved. We will not achieve what we are striving for, and we will also lose that which we have already achieved. Finally, the Shaykh closes by saying that if our words, إِنَّ الْكَلِمَةَ إِذَا تَفَرَّقَتْ وَالْرَعِيَةِ إِذَا تَمَرَّدَتْ وَدَخَلَتْ الْأَهْوَاءِ وَالْدَغَائِنِ صَارَ كل واحد يسعى لتنفيذ كلمته وإن تبين أن الحق والعبد بخلافها. And here the Shaykh is saying that which is appropriate to every individual and we should consider this in our dealings with others and our cooperation with the Muslims and obedience to those in authority. Verily, if our word, if it is divided and those who are under authority, they rebel and we begin to act upon our desires, ahwa, and we begin to act in accordance with the ill will and the grudge and spite and secret hatred that we have with one another. If these things come into play, then everyone will strive for the execution of his word. Yani what he wants and what he sees. Even if it becomes clear to him that the truth and that which is right and just is contrary to what he is standing upon then he will still, he will ignore this and he will only strive to execute that which he sees and this is what we see in the jama'at 
the groups and organizations amongst the Muslims today, we see that every group and every individual is striving to achieve his goals, or its goals. Even when it became clear to them that that which they are standing upon is contrary to the truth, or contrary to justice and rightness, still, because they have separated from one another, and they have hatred and ill feeling for one another, and they are following the ahwa, the desires, then everyone strives to execute what he has, even when he realizes that he is wrong. He said, in this case, we have gone outside of the guidance or the instructions, the advices of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in which he said, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu, ittaqu Allah haqqa tuqatihi, wa la tamutunna illa wa antum muslimun. All who believe, fear Allah as he should be feared, haqqa tuqatihi, in the way that taqwa is required of the believers towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and do not die except that you are Muslim, except in a state of Islam except on the condition of Tawheed, worshipping Allah alone and fulfilling that which He has commanded us with and avoiding His prohibition. And hold fast to the rope of Allah all together. And don't separate and divide amongst yourselves. And remember the ni'mah of Allah, the bounty or the favor of Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is ordering us to remember the ni'mah that he has blessed us with. Is kuntum a'ada'an when you were enemies, and then he joined your hearts together. That is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He is the one who joined our hearts together. That is his ni'mah that he has joined our hearts together. He said, Remember this ni'mah. And due to this ni'mah, this bounty and favor of Allah, you have become brothers. Yani our brotherhood it is a ni'mah of Allah that Allah has favored us with by joining our hearts together. Shall we then separate our hearts? Shall we destroy the ni'mah of Allah which He has given to us? وَكُنْتُمْ عَلَى مِنَ النَّارِ فَأَنْخَذَكُمْ مِنْهَا And you are on the edge of a pitch of fire and then He has saved you from it. كَذَلِكَ يُبَيِّنُ اللَّهُ لَكُمْ آيَاتِهِ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَحْتَرُونَ In this way Allah makes clear to you His signs. And He makes clear to us signs. In this ayah there are many signs that we should take heed to. Perhaps we will be guided. The shit ends here. The last words that he said. فَإِذَا عَرَفَ أَوْ إِذَا عَرَفْتَ كُلُّ وَاحِدٍ مَا لَهُ وَمَا عَلَيْهِ وَقَامَ بِهِ عَلَى وَفْءَ الْحِكْمَةِ فَإِنَّ الْأُمُورَ الْعَامَ وَالْخَاطَ فَصِيرُوا عَلَى أَحْسَنِ نِظَامِ أَحْسَنِ النِّظَامِ وَأَفْنَمِهِ if you know, if everyone knows, if every person knows, ما له, what is for him, what are his rights, وما عليه, and what are his obligations. The rulers and the rules. If every individual knows what is for him and what is against him. Yani what are his rights and what are his obligations, وقام به, and then he fulfills it. If the rulers fulfill their obligations, and the rules fulfill their obligations, and everyone's rights are fulfilled, if everybody knows their rights and they fulfill them, with al-hikmah, in agreement or in accordance with wisdom, with the hikmah, yani fulfilling the rights and taking, and fulfilling the obligations and taking one's rights according to hikmah, not by force or in the way that will make commotion and confusion and division and separation and dispute, but according to hikmah, yani not taking your rights from the ruler when he resists and he has authority and his power, and then saying, then we will fight against him, and we will overthrow him, and we will kill him. That is not in accordance with hikmah. 
that is not in accordance with hikmah. But he said that everyone should fulfill their obligations and take their rights with al-hikmah, according to hikmah. In that case, then all of the affairs, al-'ama wal khasa, that which is public and private, that which is general or special, tafsiru ala ahsani nizamin wa akmalihi, then it will proceed upon the best system and the most perfect or complete system. And this is the end of what the Shaykh has said. Perhaps there are a few moments remaining. Uh, how much time remaining for that? Seven minutes? Five. Before looking at the questions and taking your questions, there is something very important that I want to read here briefly. This is from an essay, the book of Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah, rahimahullah, entitled Qa'idatun, Qa'idatun Muqtasaratun Fi Wujub Qa'atullah Wa Rasulihi Wa Wulati Umur. It is an essay written by Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah. It is a summarized principle or foundation or rule concerning the obligation of obeying Allah and obeying His Messenger and those in authority from amongst you. Actually, he has made a, a number of statements here and it is too much for us to uh, read now. However, I just want to read something from it which I think is very important. He has mentioned a number of proofs from the Qur'an and from the Sunnah concerning this particular principle and from many of the great scholars. However, the one that I want to read just quickly in a few moments is that hadith in which it is reported that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said a deen and nasiha a deen and nasiha yani that the deen is nasiha the deen is giving advice to one another and they said O Messenger of Allah this nasiha it is for who? he said it is for Allah and the book of Allah and the Messenger of Allah and the leaders a'immatul muslimin wa amatiyin the leaders of the Muslims and the common folk this hadith, there's a brief commentary concerning it that I want to just look at quickly. Uh, the advice of the nasiha to Allah and His Book and His Messenger and the leaders of the Muslims and the common people, particularly to the Imams of the Muslims, the leaders of the Muslims, what is the advice of the nasiha? Al-Shaykh Al-Allam Al-Shaykh Abdurrahman Ibn Sa'adi Rahimahullah says in clarification of this hadith he said that this hadith it is nasiha and of those advices it is nasiha for the leaders of the Muslims and they are those who have been given authority whether it is Sultan Al-Azam the first or the primary ruler yani the Khalifa the Amir Al-Mu'mineen to any Amir or any leader over the Muslims in any place, also it goes to the Qadi or the judge and to all of those who have been given some authority, whether it is in a small matter or in a great matter. All of these are included under the wording of Nasiha for Ahmed al Muslimin, meaning everyone who has been given some authority, whether great or small, over the Muslims. He said that these people, when we know that their task or their assignment is very important, and that their obligation is very great, greater than others, those who have been given authority, then it became obligatory to give advice to them in accordance with their station and their status. Not to speak to the Amir or the Khalifa or the President or your father or somebody who is an authority over you as though they are your friend or your child, but in accordance with their status. And this is because of our belief 
that their station as an imam or as a leader, it is that we believe that they are in this position and we confess that they have authority over us. Therefore, it is obligatory to obey them in the ma'roof, in that which is good, in that which is right. And we should not rebel against them. And we should encourage the followers or the common people under the authority of the leaders to obey them. We should encourage the other people to obey them and to stick to their commands which are not in contradiction to the command of Allah and His Messenger And we should exert every effort according to our ability. Every person should exert his ability to give advice to them and to be sincere to them and to clarify that which might be misunderstood by them or which is not seen by them of those things that they have a need to know in accordance with their authority over the Muslims. Everyone according to his condition. And likewise, we should make dua for them for as-salat wa tawfiq, as-salat, that they be correct, that they be good, that they be improved, and that they have success, yani success in obeying Allah and His Messenger. We should pray for them, for indeed the correctness of the leader, it is the correctness that will benefit all the people under the authority. And we should avoid cursing them, and speaking ill against them, and spreading their faults and their defects, for indeed in that there is a secret harm, and a great corruption and evil yani in spreading the faults of the leaders or the rulers and speaking ill against them and cursing them and from advising them uh, it is to be warned and to warn others from doing so yani from speaking ill against them and cursing them uh, and whoever it is obligatory and whoever sees them doing that which is illegal or unlawful. He should make it clear to them secretly and not openly and with speech or an expression that is suitable and fitting and appropriate to their position and their status so that we will achieve the maqsood and we will achieve that which we are desiring to achieve. And the advice should be done in secret and it should be done in language that is suitable and fitting for the status and position of that person so that perhaps you will achieve your goal. The goal is to advise them. The goal is that they will listen and they will accept and they will correct themselves. And in order to achieve this goal, we should do it in this way. The Shaykh, he says that indeed this requested or this required thing, to act in this way towards the leaders, it is in fact the right of everyone, of every Muslim. It is the right of every Muslim that we should act towards them in this way. And it is more so the right of those who have been given authority over our affairs. Uh, and if we make clear to them what we want to advise them with in this way, then it will be a great good. And this will be the sign or the proof of our sincerity and our truthfulness. That we advise in this way. Then he said, and warn, be warned, the one who wants to advise others, in this proper, in this praiseworthy manner, who wants to advise in this praiseworthy manner, in the secret way and in the proper language, to be warned from spoiling your nasiha by seeking to be praised amongst the people by saying, I have advised him. I have, I have advised the manager. I have advised the sheikh. I have advised the ruler. I have said to him such and such and so and so. Don't go amongst the people after you have advised him secretly and then tell the people that I have said to him such and such and so and so and I have advised him and I have done such and such and so and so so that the people will praise you. Indeed, this is the sign of our riyah. 
is the sign of ostentation that you want to be seen that what you have done you want the people to praise you for it. And it is also the sign of weakness of ikhlaq or sincerity. And in it there are many other well-known harms. That is the end of what Shaykh Abdurrahman said. He said, and then the, the Shaykh, Shaykh Abdurrahman, the Abu Muslim al-Abbad, he says in his comments concerning this commentary of Shaykh Abdurrahman al-Sa'adi, he said that which proves the correctness of what he has mentioned, Rahimahullah, of, of being careful to privately advise the one who is in authority, is that which has been reported by Ibn Abi Asim in his book, Al-Sunnah, in his book of Hadith, Al-Sunnah, and that Hadith has been declared Sahih by Al-Allama Al-Albani, Rahimahullah, he said that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Men arada and yansaha lidi sultanin. Whoever wants to advise the one who has authority. Whoever wants to advise someone in authority, fala yabduhu ala niyatin. Then don't do it openly in front that people will see. Walakin ya'akudha biyadihi. But take him by his hand. Fayakhlu bihi. And go someplace with him secretly, privately. And you invite him in that condition. Take him by his hand gently. And go away from the people and give your advice to him. And if it is accepted from him, it is good. And if he accepts the advice, And if he doesn't, and if he doesn't accept it, then you have fulfilled the obligation that is upon you. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika. Ashhadu an la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk. This is the end of what we wanted to say. Um, is there any comments or questions or corrections of what has been said? We can take a few moments and also look at the questions at the end of the end. If you have any questions or especially clarification, something that has been said that is left unclear. So, yeah, then the first question that we have here it is what is al asl al What is the third fundamental mentioned by the author? What is the third fundamental? Hearing, obeying those in authority. What are the two basic types of clarification? And wa'ul bayan mentioned by the author. Shar'an wa qadaran. Yani, the two basic types of clarification is that which is clarified in the Sharia, in the Quran and Sunnah, and that which has been made clear by the qadr of Allah concerning the condition of the Muslim ummah from the time of the Prophet until now. What does the author mean by making this matter clear? Shar'an. Yani, what does he mean when he says, Shara'an, it is a type of clarification. What is this type of clarification? What does he mean? Now, he means this legislative shara'an, I mean made clear shara'an, he means that which is made clear in the legal revealed text, that is Al-Quran and Sunnah. Mention a proof from the Quran for this asl, for this fundamental. What is a proof from the Quran for this? Surah Al-Nisa. All you who believe, obey Allah, and obey the Messenger, and those in authority from amongst you. Now, mention a proof from the Sunnah for this apple. What is a proof from the Sunnah? Now? Now, Isma'u wa Atiyu, hear and obey, even if the one who has been placed in authority, in ummira alaykum, abdan habashiyun, abdun habashiyun, even if a Ethiopian, Ethiopian slave has been made an authority amongst you. Explain how Allah has made this matter clear, qadaran. How has Allah made this principle clear in the qadr? 
Now, that whenever the people differed or opposed or contradicted this principle, whenever they separated and, and disobeyed the rulers and those in authority from amongst them, then Allah decreed when they did so that their condition would be worsened and they would become useless or worthless and they would become the losers and the other nations would overcome them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his qadr, in his universal will, in his divine decree, he decreed that if we deviate from this principle, this will be the consequences of it. And we have seen historically that this is so. That when the Muslims were in obedience to the leaders amongst them, those in authority from amongst them, believing in Allah and doing good deeds and observing the Sharia, then they were the uppermost. They had supremacy in the earth, and when they deviated from that, then they lost the authority and control in the earth and came under the authority of the enemies of Islam. What is the Sharih or explain or expounder, what has he suggested? That is Shaykh Muhammad What has he suggested as being obligatory upon us all? That is the rulers and the rule in order to be amongst the Sahizin, the successful winners. And what shall we do? What has he suggested that is obligatory on us in order that we will achieve success? Naam? One, one by one. Amen? Amal is to be together. What else? Love and cooperation with one another instead of hatred and separation. Uh huh. Now, that we should take as well as give the rights of others to them with wisdom. We should take our rights and demand our rights with wisdom. Not by force, but by wisdom. Now, what else? Now, fulfill our needs with hikmah. We must be sincere and ikhlas fi amalina. We must be sincere in all of our actions. And it's not enough just to desire that the Muslim Ummah will be raised up. But we have to have ikhlas, sincerity in our actions. When we cooperate with one another, it has to be with sincerity. When we yani, deal with other people and giving their rights and demanding our rights, it should be with sincerity. Now, this is very important. We should come together based on the haq, based on truth. And cooperate with one another and help one another. Now, also, any, I didn't write some questions here, but also uh, one of the questions that uh, should have been made here is the question of, yani, who are those that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala promised that they would have authority, that they would succeed in the earth, that they would become the successes in authority? He has described them. The promise of Allah to those who He gave two descriptions. And He said, وَعَدَ اللَّهُ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا مِنْكُمْ وَعَمَلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ Those who, huh? Yeah, but he, the promise of the power and authority in the land, He said it is for those who believe from amongst you and who do good deeds. And then he said, he promised that he will give them authority. They will become the rulers in the earth, those who have authority over other people. And also he promised the second thing, the three things that he promised, the second of them he said that he will give you the ability, tamkeen fi dinikum. He will give you the ability, 
يعني في الدين he will give you the power and authority to establish your deen in the earth and the third thing he said that he would replace fear with safety and security and in that case they would worship Allah alone and not associate anything with him so if uh, sisters have any questions then uh, they can fall otherwise uh, if the brothers don't have any comments or questions we'll stop it Now, if there is a leader of the Muslims and he has appointed somebody under his authority who disobeys him, who should we obey? Now, we are under the governor. But the governor's authority is based on what? His, his authority is only conditional. He has been given authority by the Amir. So it is conditional. We cannot obey the one who has been given authority by the leader in disobedience to the leader. It is like the companions of the Prophet ﷺ. An Amir was appointed over them. The Prophet ﷺ told them, hear and obey him. And they went on a journey and they came to a place and he gets angry with them. And he told them, build a fire, make a big fire. They did it. He told them, go in the fire. And they hesitated. We have been ordered to obey him, but they said, we have come to Islam to escape from the fire, not to enter it. So they refused to obey him. And when they went to the Prophet ﷺ, he told them, hearing obeying is in that which is ma'roof. So if that one who has been appointed over them, he has authority, but can he be obeyed in disobedience to the one who gave him authority? He cannot be obeyed. Otherwise, the Prophet ﷺ, they will be disobeying the Prophet in killing themselves, in disobeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in committing suicide, in killing themselves. So they have disobeyed the one in authority when he has ordered them to do that which is in disobedience to the one who is in authority over him. Therefore the authority of the first ruler, the one who has appointed someone, it is his authority that is ruling, not the one who he gives temporary authority in Allah knows that. It's possible. No, it's possible. Yeah, it's not uh, if a slave has been given authority by the ruler, then he will be obeyed. Either it is that that person has been freed from slavery and he is referring to him as an Ethiopian slave, however, the text of it appears to be that he means the one who is actually a slave. Even if he means it in principle, even if he means it in principle, that even if he said, وَإِن تَأَمَّرَ عَلَيْكُمْ عَبْدٌ حَبَشِيٌ وَإِن تَأَمَّرَ Even if it is that a slave has been placed in authority over you. Yani here it seems as though, and Allah knows best, that the Prophet ﷺ is saying, even in that situation where it is almost impossible to imagine that you will obey someone in that condition who is a slave, even if it happens. If it has happened, then you must obey him. After, after being freed from slavery or before? After, now. Faiz. Faiz, is there any other comment? 
طيب سبحان الله They should be They need to overthrow the government نعم it is an Islamic and it is against the Sharia and it is against the Sunnah and all of the Imams of Sunnah every one of them have spoken about this and Shaykh Al-Tamutaymiyah has collected in this small essay a number of Imams of the great Imams of Sunnah including Al-Imam Ahmed, Al-Imam Bukhari and so many other scholars, Ali Medini he has brought from them Al-Imam Al-Sahawi and Barbahari and so many scholars he has brought clear statements from them saying that whoever has done so he has gone against the Sunnah and he has gone outside of the Sunnah and he has gone against Islam and Shaykh Islam gave a fatwa that the one who gives the fatwa to those who want to oppose their ruler and to rebel against him then that one has made a fatwa which is a lie against Allah and it is a false rule The scholars of the, of the people of Sunnah, they have given us this principle that the ruler, once he is in authority, as long as he is a Muslim, if he came to authority by the permission or pleasure of the people, or he came to authority by force, against the will of the people, as Imam Ahmed says in Usul Sunnah, even if he came into authority by sword, by force, against the will of the people, once he became established as the ruler, and he is the single ruler, then he must be obeyed. The exception to this is if he orders us to do that which is disobedience to Allah. Otherwise, how he should be removed? As Ibn Abdul Iz says in his explanation of Aqil al-Tahawiyah, and it is a long statement, I wanted also to read it but for lack of time. He has said the meaning of which is that if the rulers are corrupt and unjust and evil, the way to remove them is by correcting yourselves. Because the ruler that is placed over you, the corrupt and oppressive ruler, it is because of the people that he is ruling over. And it is only that you correct yourself that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will remove the corrupt ruler. He said you must look at yourself. If you correct yourself, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will correct your situation. It is not by revolt or by force. It is by seeking forgiveness of Allah for our sins and then repenting sincerely and escaping from the evil that we are engaging in and turning back to the deen of Allah and implementing it in our lives individually and collectively that will remove the corrupt rulers. Corrupt rulers cannot stay in power in the land where the people are worshipping Allah. The corrupt rulers that we have today, if we have many of them, it is because we have many corrupt people. Because the Muslims are not worshipping Allah, so therefore Allah has given them that which they deserve. And Allah knows that. Perhaps, and in that statement you will find in the lectures that we are giving concerning the Sunnah Makhila, Sahawiyah in detail concerning his discussion on this point he has given a good discussion about it and explained it clearly and some of the scholars said and in closing that uh, the wisdom in, obedi- in obedience to the leaders and the rulers and praying for them for their rectification uh, and reformation it is because in rebelling against them in their being rectified it is a benefit for all of those who are under their authority and the society as a whole. While in rebelling against them, the evil that will come about, the fitna and the killing and death and spilling of blood, it will be worse than the evil of that, the corruption or sinful behavior or immoral behavior of the ruler. Yani the immoral behavior of that ruler affects him. While the fitna and the killing, it will affect all of the people. And for that reason, Sheikh Islam he said to some people who came to him, or was it Imam Ahmed? I don't remember now. Some people came to him and asked his advice about rebelling against the ruler who was evil in that time. 
And he said a number of things from amongst them. He said, don't spill your blood, nor the blood of others. And that is very important. Even if you want to spill your own blood, you will also cause the spilling of blood of others. And you don't have a right to kill yourself, let alone to kill others. And whoever rebels against the ruler, not only will cause his own blood to be spilled, but he will also cause the blood of innocent people. And this is what and we are trying to avoid. That evil which will come about is worse than the evil that we are trying to remove. And the principle here is that repulsing that which is evil and harmful takes precedence over achieving that which is good. And this is the principle in the soul that the scholars of Sunnah have, have given to us and explained in different words. And that principle is applicable except in the case where the evil which you are trying to remove is very small or very, very, uh, the evil that you are trying to remove is very great and the harm which might result from removing that evil is less than it. If the harm that results is less than the evil you are trying to remove or if the harm that results is less than the good that you are commanding or trying to establish, if it is less, then you might do it. Otherwise, if it is equal, the resultant harm, if it is equal to the harm you are trying to remove or the good you are trying to establish, or if it is more than it, then we should leave it. And this is the principle I think it is agreed upon by the scholars of Sunnah. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika. Ashhadu an la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk. Oh yeah. Uh,